Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ninka Benedict Mauritson, and this is where we turn autism and everything around. So, if you want to know how I turned my son's autism around in nature, from stimming, sleepless nights, tantrums, no eye contact, no physical contact, no learning, no life, to a completely neurotypical life in peace and harmony with his family, you're in the right place. Autism and any symptom or problem is a wake-up call. It's a sacred second chance. It's a messenger and the message is something's got to change. When we listen and learn, instead of wasting time and money chasing symptoms, expensive therapies, diets, protocols, gurus and supplements, everything changes and I mean everything. So in this podcast, I share the strategies and mindset and the framework and the spiritual insights that changed our life, my health, my love life and my purpose. If I could do it, so can you. I'm excited beyond description to have my dear, dear friend Kirsten Stendevel from Denmark as my podcast host. You are in for a treat and you're going to be shocked, enlightened, and I, I normally you will have a laugh as well because Kirsten is extremely funny, but she is a world leader and I'm going to tell you now a little bit more about her because Kirsten is the author of seven trendsetting books on the 21st century leadership. She's a known Nordic awakener of a more feminine future and illuminary leadership evolver. She has spent the past two decades igniting the, the divine feminine in thousands of women. Since 2008, she's been a mentor for ambitious entrepreneurs who want to create success on their own terms. In 2012, following a personal crisis, she shifted focus to working with corporate leaders, entrepreneurs, and fiery souls who want to create a, br a bright future for all through leading from the light within. She has launched a podcast, Illu Illuminary Leadership, and several signature future leadership and, and Illuminary Leadership training programs. She currently serves a global audience from her home in Copenhagen, where she lives with her family, including three sons, two on earth and one in heaven. Welcome, Kirsten. So nice to be here, my sweet sister. And with those words, you know, one son in heaven and your passion in life is about leadership and stepping up instead of going down. Everyone who's a mother who realizes that you've lost your son needs to know so what happened and how has that changed everything for you so that you can assist us all in tapping into a gentler way of treating ourselves and also how can you offer us help in this crisis this strange situation based on on those dark moments of the soul that you have been going through mm -hmm. Well, where should I start? Um, I can start where every mother is or every person is right now on the planet in crisis, in a global crisis. So crisis, I believe, has become the new norm. And when this corona crisis happened, I felt I had been prepared, well prepared, 
So now I just have to copy paste what I have done before uh, and what I was forced to do uh, when I experienced the biggest crisis in my life. And um, the biggest crisis in my life happened on the, on the height of my success as a mother, as a married wife, as an international, no, not that, it was, yeah, I was actually a, just became an international leader and just launched a family leadership program in Copenhagen, Denmark. I had people traveling to Denmark from 10 different countries. Uh, I had been like a so-called role model in Denmark and Scandinavia for years in teaching family leadership for years. I've been teaching feminine entrepreneurship. Everything's going so well and I was having a ball. Mm. And then right at the peak of that success, um, my seven-year-old, uh, the son who's six, six-year-old son, he started complaining about a chest pain, which is unusual for a little boy, right? So we went to the doctor several times. Actually, he only had the, this symptoms for a week. But for that, during that week, we were at the doctor's four times, trying to find what, what is going on here. And the doctor said, oh, come on, no worries. We'll test you. You know, if it persists after Christmas, come back. But then on December 23rd, my husband, who has a very good instinct, said, I don't like this, I want to have him checked. So we went to the hospital. And that day, you know those kind of days where you remember every minute of that day what you were doing? So on that day, I was just finishing up, you know, with my former students. Uh, I was writing news that I just, you know, I had that, like, that to-do list, you know, da 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 It was day before Christmas, so I had, like, a lot of stuff in my mind. And then my husband calls and says, you know, they still, they have been six hours. They still don't know what's wrong with him. You have to come and replace him because he was going to do, uh, go on and do his live radio show. So I come into the hospital. And at the time where I come, my little son, six-year-old son, he's now in a huge scanner because he's been tested all day and they don't know what's wrong with him. So now that the time has come to put in a big scanner, I see this little tiny body go into this big scanner and, and you know, off he goes into the scanner room. And then the doctor, a female doctor comes out and I can just see on her face that something's terribly wrong. Mm. And I look at her and it just, I don't know where it came from, but it, I said, is it serious? Because I could see that on her face and she said, yes. And then I don't know why I said this, but I said, is it cancer? And she said, yes. And that moment, it was like, you know, in the theater when, when, the, when everything is changing, you know, this, you, have, you know, you have one scene and then everything is like nice and spring and then, you know, it just rotates and then it's completely different scenery. That was my life in that moment. Yeah. So from success, I'm going to Roma, everything's going well, and then I have this beautiful family, three healthy kids. Suddenly, I was in the middle of a drama with a six-year-old boy with cancer. And my first, you know, my first thought was the hole in between my two other children. It's like, I don't know why the body knows things like this. Mm -hmm. But all I, when I looked at him, I could just see him gone. Wow. But, um, you know, my head was saying, this is horrible. But I have been training leadership and feminine leadership for years. I'm prepared for this. This must just be a test. The universe is testing me. How much do I believe in my own methods? Uh, and now it's time to apply what I know so I can show the world that you know, we can heal cancer in an optimal 
ways. This, I thought, was the purpose of this. So I just went ahead, called my holistic practitioners, sound healers, did global meditations with crystals on his chest. I mean, homeopathy, God knows what herbs. You know, I just poured my whole, uh, my whole uh, arsenal of yin methods uh, into um, scenery and, and started treating from him from that same day. Two weeks later, he gets tested again, and turns out that all my holistic remedies have, uh, yes, caused, I don't know if they have caused a difference, but what has happened is that the tumor is now double size. Wow. And it was big when we found it. So in Danish, uh, in, you know, in metric system, it was like six, six by eight centimeters. It's very, very big. And now it was double size. And the hospital said to me, if two weeks more and can't breathe. So they almost forced me to give him chemo, which I was wildly against because I thought that the purpose of this was to test that my holistic methods worked, you know, energy work and nature and love and seeing the tumor shrink and da 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 But it hadn't worked. It just made matters worse. So, uh, so now follows a long, long journey, uh, a marathon and sprint, because it turns out that this, uh, this, this cancer was uh, highly aggressive. And a month into this, um, this process, you know, I had um, gotten chemo, but I had taken him to a hospital in Germany where they're light years ahead of most European countries when it comes to treating cancer in holistic manners. But even back in Germany, they, they were skeptical and they didn't want, nobody, no hospital in Germany wanted to take responsibility for curing him because they, they, they said, this is so rare, but I've never seen this in a little boy like that. It's, there's something really rare about this. So bottom line is that month into this um, process, um, we finally found out that this cancer is not only highly aggressive and never before seen in a child worldwide, it is also incurable. Mm-hmm. The hospital actually gave me 0% survival chance. Mm-hmm. And I said, I mean, come on, come on, can't be 0%. I mean, pull yourself together. You, you must give me some, you know, can't be 0%. I mean, hello, he was a healthy child until a few months ago. And I said, no, 0%. And they said, your only chance is to find a miracle. And I said, miracle? That's my specialty. So I went, uh, I marched out from that office and said, I need a miracle and, you know, contacted all my contacts and I firmly believed, I just couldn't believe that he was not curable. I, I thought, this is another test. How much do you believe in your family leadership? Go for it, honey. So actually a week later, I had already manifested a miracle. Namely, I had found a spiritual surgeon from the Philippines and uh, my son couldn't travel that far, but... Uh, my God, is what miracle that he was actually on his way to Europe. So um, a week later, I got that message. We sit in his office uh, in, in Austria and we get, the whole family gets treated. And then I follow this guy around in Europe and <clears throat> my son is doing so well. He looks like, I mean, you can't see he has cancer. He has lots of energy. His immune system is fine. No problem. The only problem is that the tumor is still there and still active. So then we find another method, miraculous method. Um, and this is, you know, I know that this podcast is listened to by many mothers with children with uh, different kinds of uh, problems. So 
this part I tell, these, these details I tell, because it does give a lot of hope that there are so many ways that we can help our kids. So because of this spiritual surgery that we did with, with this guy, Alex Abito, my son was happy, he was, he was vital, he was well, his immune system was over average, above average, and yet, even when he had chemo, which is, I mean, which is miraculous. And then we found this other method that was, um, that was a machine, an energy thing, I think it's called bioelectric treatment, where you, where you uh, meet the, you send energy, healthy energy to the sick cell, and that makes the sick cell commit suicide. So we did that too, that procedure too. And actually, after that procedure, um, we had good reason to believe that the cancer was gone. The only problem was that um, during the time where he had had cancer, where the cancer was active, it had it had hurt some of the veins, so sort of created created uh, holes in the veins, so the blood was now dripping into the lungs. Wow. And so we asked the Danish hospital to please be so kind to help us empty his lungs, lungs for blood. But they didn't believe that he could be cured from cancer. They didn't believe that there were any other methods in the world than uh, chemo, operation, or radiation. So they thought we were crazy parents to, to claim that he had been cured from incurable cancer and that we now just wanted his lungs emptied for blood. So they refused to help us. They even lied to us and said it's not possible. And so he drowned in his own blood. And in my arms. In, in my arms. On June 12, 2012. The day after we celebrated that he was cured, he died. So that is a, that, I mean, I could not believe it. I thought it was a, cosmic uh, fog finger, to be honest. I mean, here I am, I'm, I'm doing everything right, I'm positive, I'm optimistic, I'm holding the vision, I'm giving my boy love, I'm, 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 I'm not focusing on the fear, I'm doing all the right stuff, and still my boy dies. So I thought it was like, you know, I'm sorry to, to use this language on your beloved podcast, but I thought it was, a, I thought it was a, you know, what's going on here, what can I believe, what, what is, I mean, it was like a crumbling, it was like, um, it was like my ground zero. It was like a crumbling of everything I believed in, everything I had trusted, all my good faith in, in, in sort of, a, you can say, rules, like spiritual laws, universal laws. And, you know, I, I've been doing such a great job at following these. And then still, I had to experience this. Mm -hmm. And not even that, because you had the stress and the pain in that situation i want people to imagine because you were you were in, you were calling the doctors in germany who knew that this child could be saved mm. they were screaming into the phone what to, what they wanted the danish doctors to do and they refused to do it so imagine this you know holding your child you know there's a saving methodology and then just have this wall of resistance from the established system and then losing your child to that resistance. Most of us moms with children on the spectrum who look into alternatives way of, of turning things around know about this resistance, but imagine it controlling life and death 
for your child. How do you get from that room, that situation, that day where your son dies in your arms without bitterness? And, and, and how are you using that now? Because right now is a time of darkness for, for many mothers around the globe. And I just, I have always admired you for this. And I don't think I would have been able to, to handle it the way that you did. So how did that, how, what happened and, and how did you do that? Well, I'm sure you would be able to do it, Inka, you of all people, because you have also made the seemingly impossible possible. Before that time, you're a huge role model for me. Thank you. Um, but uh, yeah, you really are. And uh, you deserve a global following of 7.7 billion people, <laughs> because you have been extraordinary in your leadership. Uh, you have done something that so few people are able to do. But what I did that, what I did that night was that I um, I was in touch with the following. It was very clear to me, if I follow the natural law of gravity, I'm going to go down the drain and I'll take my children with me and my family with me and my business with me and my clients with me. If I just allow myself to follow the natural law of gravity, where this I mean, this was the first time in my life I could not find a positive framing. Mm -hmm. There is nothing positive to say about the situation. It is all hell. Um, so, so I made one important decision. I thought, I looked around, I thought, is, this is too early for my other children who were two and 10 at the time to lose faith in life. I simply can't allow them to just shut off and resign at the age of two and ten. That's not, that's not an option. They deserve a happy mother. They deserve to believe in a happy ending. They deserve to uh, believe in a good benevolent universe. Mm -hmm. So that was reason number one. Reason number two was like, there's one son in paradise now. The two others need to be in paradise too. Mm -hmm. So decision number two and decision number three, I don't think it's particularly fun to look forward to the next 45 years of, of, of hell. So I knew hell is only a thought away, but so is heaven. <laughs> that depends on your on losing him and the tragedy and this is horrible. Or I could make one decision, which was I decide, I hereby decide to go down. I made this, this little saying, my motto, I had heard it from from, uh, from, I read it somewhere in a book. Why go down when you can go up? So I said, that's going to be my motto. Yes. And I, I believe, and this is very important because I, I believe that from that decision, I mean, that decision alone, I mean, did you think I had any idea how to do this? I had no idea. I actually, I knew this is like another, you know, another round of making the seemingly impossible possible. Yeah. But I decided I, I must do this because the, the consequences of not choosing it are too big and they're going to cost not only me but my family too much. So I made that decision and I believe that that decision opened up a completely new path for me. It's so interesting how the decisions we made opened up, you know, it's like you can take path A or path B and I chose path B which was like the impossible path, the road less traveled so to speak. But 
I must say, uh, Ninka, it has been incredibly painful to lose my child. And I still, you know, this, as late as this morning, I had some tears over it. It's never gonna wait, gonna wait. It's never going away, that pain. The pain is so deep. But I'm happy, I, I'm grateful I have the pain because the pain is, I only have the pain because I love my son so much. So it's, 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 it's just a reminder of how much I love him. I would, not, I would not be happy if the pain went completely away. But on the other hand, I don't live in that pain. I don't cultivate it. I don't inhabit it. It's, it comes and goes from time to time. And then it's my reminder that I adore my son and how much I love him. But most of the time, I have had a beautiful journey, so blessed beyond belief. I mean, the beauty and the miracles and the love I've received since is way more than before. I mean, I have had a, such a blissful journey, full of openings and kind people. And there's so much, so much joy and benevolence and, and magic in my universe. And it's been such a beautiful journey. And if we want to make a parallel to what's happening now in the world, we can say, wow, yeah, the corona crisis is horrible. It's, it's killing people and it's making a lot of people suffer. But look at the beautiful journey. People singing out, out of the window, people calling each other more often, people teaching the old people to Zoom so they can have more interaction with their old parents, people being very aware of death, that we cannot take anything for granted, in, at least of all life. People uh, starting to appreciate nature more, starting to um, do better with being alone, starting to... Um, you know, discover, wow, when we don't pollute the air all the time, we can suddenly see the blue sky. I mean, so, so tragedy also is, it's like, it's like an opening. So I have a, this concept I call now the crisis window, right? So a crisis is also a window. It's like something cracks, it cracks something open, but, but then the light can get in. There's also that option. And if you choose to look for the light, you will discover so much light. And if you choose to pursue that, it will just expand and expand. So, so my life is, I mean, I have to say, it's more and more blissful. It's unbelievable for me. I had never imagined. I have a new level of happiness. I didn't, I didn't know it existed. I have a completely different level of gratitude, of um, happiness, of beauty, of love. You know, it's, it's, it keeps like getting bigger. And that's because of that choice to go up instead of down. So I can strongly recommend it. <laughs> So if, if you can do that, we, we can do that. All of us who have experienced pain and the loss of a child can also be losing the child you thought you had and were going to have to a condition, a diagnosis, whether you believe that autism can be turned around or not, or whether your child is sick in any other way and this is a phase you're going through. That is beautiful advice for for um, going from the deepest fear of, and despair and anxiety to hope so when someone is experiencing this trauma this anxiety this hopelessness this despair and this i want to give up you know we all experience that crossroad where we can choose to give up or we can choose to stay and move forward. 
what what are the tools that you recommend in that acute phase of crisis um yeah that's actually my question what's what are some of the most effective tools for you that you used to pull yourself up instead of going down it's such a good question um because when you are in the middle of the crisis what happens is that you lose hope and that's actually what happened to me that night. I, I, and i i got very uh disillusioned because like i i have already done the work i have already forward fo focused on the positive i have already you know used all my tools so now and now i don't get anything out of it <laughs> you know but what i discovered is that there's there are two kinds of logic there's a logic on earth you know our mental logic where we think there's a linear you know cause of it law of cause and effect we think it's very linear so if i'm positive i get a positive result that's what we would believe and then there is above you know it's like there's a larger perspective with completely different logic that is not the same linear logic as we have on earth but it is much it's a much bigger web that we are all part of where where there you know that what looks tragic on the on from earth perspective can be extraordinarily beautiful from a different perspective mm. so my th my decision to go up instead of down was also to be open for the possibility that there's something i haven't yet discovered there's something i don't yet know so my first advice would be be open be open to learning that there's something you might not have seen yet you might not have understood yet but be open let's stay open instead of shutting off and concluding too fast this is horrible it's always me i'm always the victim why me and this also happened you know no just stay open and use what we all have available for free right now which is our ability to focus on the light so i could i said at his funeral i said i can choose now to focus on what i lost and it's to be honest it's very tempting for me to do that all the time and it makes me so sad to think of what i lost because when you if you have a child that's ill or you lose a child you also lose the future you thought you were going to have so it's like this whole perspective that i thought it's like whoa no and you know as little girls we dream of you know having children and a happy family and then when it doesn't happen it's like it's so sad um but i said at this funeral but i can also choose to focus on what i receive and if i had the choice between not having this child and having him for only 7 years and 4 months i would definitely choose to have him for 7 years and 4 months I am so grateful for everything I experienced with my child. I'm so grateful for, you know, the the blessing of being chosen as his mother and somebody believes that I can that I can handle this. Mm -hmm. So so uh, that that uh, blessing and so I I decided to try well somebody believes I can do this so I'm going to trust that. Wow. 
So, so I focused on what I was grateful for. And I also focused on what do I, you know, instead of focusing on the loss, oh, poor me, I lost. And it was hard for me in the beginning when I saw me and my friends with their three happy kids. And it's like, why, why did I have to lose one of mine? What did I do wrong? Was I a bad mother? Or what, what, what was wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I could, uh, I could, choose to focus on, on, you know, poor little me or, or make myself wrong. I mean, what a good idea, right? Yeah, it must have been something I did. You know, it must have been something I ate or it must have been something I thought. To be honest with you, I spent a lot of time feeling guilty. I thought, after all, I am his mother. So I must have something to do with it. I mean, come on. But then I, I, I just noticed if I, if, I, if I go with that thought, I'm the next one with cancer because it's so unhealthy to sit and bang yourself in the head all day with, you know, I must have done something wrong to make this happen. Mm-hmm. So um, I went into, you know, I went to quite, through quite extreme processes. I went on retreats and sat with the pain until it transformed and sat with, you know, the intention of, of you know, um, meeting him and, you know, I, and sat with the intention of training my intuition so that I could see the bigger picture and, and that actually helped me open up to a, a, an expanded understanding of, of what happened. Um, so, so be open, gratitude, focus on what you gain instead of what you lose. So I focused on, well, now I am forced to gain an understanding of the, the bigger picture because otherwise I go nuts. Yes. So, and that, that I must say is a huge gain. Yeah. Oh my goddess. Yeah. I have gained insights in in this earthly life that I thought I had to wait until I was dead to, to understand. Mm-hmm. But it's given me such an understanding of the whole soul perspective, which is completely different than the ego perspective or the personality perspective. And that is a blessing to live as a soul instead of a personality. Oh my goddess, what freedom. <laughs> I mean I can strongly recommend it. This is so much easier. I mean, so much more joy and so much more love and so much more, so much less pain and suffering. Yeah. So, I mean, my son has actually given me the gift of opening me up to a different perspective that is much more uh, joyful and and happy and sweet and loving and benevolent and blissful. Thank you so much. And, and I'm not saying I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not on that, you know, I, I have to say, I'm not sitting here and saying, oh, I'm so glad, glad he died because uh, then I learned so much. No, hello. if I had a choice, I would strongly prefer having my child, but I don't have that choice. So why sit and, 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 and wish that I don't have that choice? I don't have the choice. Hello. So I might as well, uh, <laughs> I might as well focus on what I gain from the choice that has been made for me, or maybe I chose it as so myself. I, it wouldn't surprise me if I did. <laughs> so, knowing me. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that, um, that you bring to the world that I am deeply grateful for, the things that you teach us, is about and that actually comes into this whole crisis situation. What is happening? What the beauty of what is happening in this current worldwide collective crisis is so many women realize how much they have done, performed, given, um, punished themselves through, 
that they don't want to do anymore. They don't want to work this much. They want to be around their kids more. They want to be in nature. They want to respect nature. So this yin perspective, this leadership where it's sustainable for your body, your family, your well-being, your soul as a woman, your health, your sensuality, sexuality, your hormones, this yin way of living is also something that you're bringing to the world through this experience even more than ever because it's always been your your perspective but now more than ever it's important how can you offer tools so what are the most important tools to switch from overperforming and doing more than you actually can do and burning your candle in both ends and losing chi energy how do we get away from this madness and how can you teach us simple steps to get there, the yin way of living? We all need it now. Yeah, I think that crisis is so good because uh, it forces us to do the number one thing that, uh, that, is, uh, that is necessary. And that is to, to switch from doing to being, mm -hmm. to put being before doing. And how do we do that? Well, I think many of us have to be forced because we live in a performance uh, society. And I mean, before Corona, it was unimaginable that the world, the half of the world would stay at home. I mean, I mean, you, you could never have convinced anybody that this would even be an option. But now we've seen it is an option and, and so many, we have learned so many things from it. So um, my first piece of advice would be when, when you're in a situation where you feel pressured and you don't know what to do, but you can just feel something is not working anymore, it's not giving the, you the results that you want, there's something we can all do, which is to surrender. Just, just let go of trying to figure it all out because a lot of times when we try, to, uh, try too hard to control, to have a strategy for life, to um, imagine, you know, how things are going to go. Most of the time, we we have no idea uh, what what else is possible, and what else is possible is it's, it's usually something much bigger. So surrendering is such a beautiful feminine uh, feminine act, <laughs> a non-act. Surrender to what wants to happen, and start listening. That's also very feminine yin quality. Listen to what wants to happen listen to your heart's uh calling listen to you know listen also to the pain what is the pain trying to tell you i mean even it's, it's quite banal where it becomes uh where it makes the shift is when you practice it because then you experience what a paradigm shift mm -hmm. what a paradigm shift when we stop um trying to control trying to strategize and surrender into you know okay okay god teach me what wants to happen what, what, what am I supposed to make of this? And just allow ourselves to go with the flow. And I think it's really, really important for this era. You know, there's this Hopi, uh, there's this little, um, this little writing, apparently it's from the Hopi, Hopi uh, native people. It says something about, you know, there's a big stream, there's a river and there's a lot of stream, there's a fast stream right now. And um, if you try to hold on to the shores, you're gonna suffer. 
you know, if you stand on the shoulders and, by, and, and you are fearful, oh, I'm losing control, what, is, what am I going to do? If you, if you stay on the shore and try to control, you will suffer. But if you allow yourself to go with the stream, this fast stream, and trust that you will be taken somewhere that's even better than you can imagine, then you will, uh, then you will uh, not suffer and you will be able to create so much more and, and uh, achieve so much more with so much less energy. And I think this is what we're invited to do. You know, I've written a whole book called The Future is Feminine. And that's the message is that we have to switch from using the masculine as our operating system to use the feminine as our operating system because the rules of game have changed. What worked in the 20th century, which is, was all about, it was a very masculine paradigm. It's all about separating, you know, little units from each other and, you know, separating head from body and heart from head and heart from soul. I mean, we've been just separating everything and putting it in the, to little compartments that didn't speak together, little silos that were next to each other, didn't speak to each other. That paradigm is so freaking obsolete. And I think the corona crisis is killing it once and for all. It does not work anymore. The rules of the game have changed. We need to now think in terms of wholeness to assemble all these small parts that, we, that used to be apart and, and, and see how they all make this big synergy and how they all like fit together and how we cannot solve a problem on our own anymore. We need our community. And I would say that's my, my third uh, or one of my, my big messages uh, for how to turn crisis into quantum leap. Don't even think of doing it alone mm. you need a community you need uh, you need to find your tribe you need to find uh, people that are like-hearted people and and help each other mm. and co-create and collaborate the era of the lonely wolf is so freaking over why because we are facing problems that are way too big for one person to solve and one person going through a crisis alone, that is very lonely. I mean, unless you have a very good relationship with God mm -hmm. or the goddess or whatever you want to call it. But going through a crisis alone, that, that, is, that is making things a lot more difficult for yourself than you have to. So join, join a tribe of like-hearted people, like your own. I mean, that's what you're doing for people. You're saying, if we do this alone, this is going to be hard and you're not going to be so creative. You're not going to have all these ideas and tools and... Forget it. You can spend the next 40 years trying to, to go through this crisis and you'll get nowhere. Why not make it easy for yourself? Just try and just try and, 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 and use all the, the shortcuts that everybody else has found. Why, why make life so hard? So, and that's what we need to learn. The, the yin paradigm is extremely caring. It's extremely loving. It's including. It's creative. It's, it's, uh, it's beautiful. It's relaxing. It's, it's in the line of nature. It's, uh, it's magic. It's like manifest instead of working hard for things. Why not? Why not have some more pleasure? I mean, isn't it time? And one of, the, one of the things that can stand in your way of going down that track and allowing that easy flow through life is not feeling worthy. It mm. is underestimating ourselves and I think you were the first one who told me every big leader every speaker that you've ever met every successful person and you've met all the big ones personally doubt themselves profoundly or used to anyway in the old paradigm because everything's changing right now but how do we do this how do we get from not feeling that we deserve anything 
uh, not feeling that we deserve love, feeling ugly, feeling that we need to perform to deserve to be on this planet. What are some, what are some wake up calls for, for us women? Because we talked about phases in our life, you and me, where we just settled. You said, you said yourself, I've been just, I've been perfectly fine on breadcrumbs for many, many years. And now you're done with it. Where do you get to this point of, I'm done with it, now what? Well, I think it's all a matter of uh, waking up, isn't it? It's a matter of uh, becoming more conscious. And I think that's also why you need to try. You need to join tribes with people who are a little bit ahead of you, who have woken up a little bit more, and they can tell you, they can help you see I mean, it's, a, it's also a vibrational thing to join people who are higher, higher vibrational and have more light in their system, and then that would bring up your own shadows, and you can suddenly see something that was, was, that was in the darkness before. I mean, we all have parts, blind spots, areas we don't know that we don't know. I mean, I didn't know I was living on breadcrumbs. I thought I was fine. I had no idea. And suddenly I discovered, well, you know, I actually give like 90% more than I receive, so maybe I should you know, get a little bit more aligned here. You know, it's a process and it's a journey. And that's why I think that um, the best way is actually to join programs with people who are a little bit ahead of yourself and where you can get the tools and you can be in a training ground. I mean, I say in my programs, take nine, it takes at least nine months to be reborn as a leader of the new era because it's, it's a process. To be, a, to be reborn as a leader? As a, as a leader of this new era or as, a new, new, as, a, as somebody who is uh, mastering the new paradigm. And of course, it might take longer than nine months, but it's a lot shorter if you do it in a, in a group with other people. And I'm sure that if people take your programs, that's like taking a catalyst. It's like, it's like, it's like taking the fast track to something that would, would otherwise have taken you so long because consciousness is, is uh, the clue, but it, you can't buy consciousness. You can buy access to somebody who will help you and you can buy access to an energy field that somebody else is helping to purify and elevate. But you, but you have to, to go through the process yourself, otherwise it doesn't count. So you can read it in a book, but before it sinks into the heart and becomes embodied, it doesn't really make a difference. And that's why I think programs, training programs, you know, getting together and joining programs and doing the work, that is extremely beneficial. And, and thankfully, there are so many options right now to do this. Um, what, are some of the, what are some of the signs of being in the old paradigm that we should look out for in our physical body, our practical life, and our circumstances? And what are some of the signs that we are ascending into this new level of consciousness, new paradigm? Well, some of the uh, signs that you're in the old is that you're feeling crappy. <laughs> you don't believe in yourself, you don't see your own light, you have a lot of focus on your own thoughts, you don't feel good enough, you feel ashamed about parts of yourself. You can't really see, I mean, here's a really big one. You can't really see what's so unique about you. You can't really see what's so great about you. You think everybody, I mean, if you have a talent, you think, well, can't everybody do that? And this is very pertinent for women, and especially for mothers. I mean, many, many mothers underestimate that they are the wildest powerhouses. To have a child that has special needs is a big honor from the universe, it, it, it should tell you something about your level of strengths because that is one of the most difficult things on the planet. It is much easier to be a CEO of a big company, but to have a child 
and special needs to the worry and the doubt and that is big work it's big soul work and i really honor every single person who goes through this because this is very very challenging and don't underestimate that that's a whole training mm-hmm. that's your leadership training if you master that you know you can go and lead anywhere else if you if you can lead a family into happiness hallelujah praise you should have a Nobel Prize because yeah. that is really one of the most uh, difficult jobs. So the, the sign, you, you asked, what are the signs that you, to feel unworthy, to feel not good enough, to feel, to doubt yourself, to not love yourself completely, to, and, the, and thus, and therefore it, it, accept that, that you are surrounded by people who don't love you either. You know, to be in a bad marriage or being in unhealthy relationships with, with uh, vampires who suck your energy and to being unable to put up your boundaries, to not even know that you have boundaries or how to put them up or, you know, not notice that other people are walking all over you. Yes. I mean, we have all been there, haven't we? (laughs) And then some signs of waking up or being new is that you are so much happier. You're just happy and you actually love yourself and you stop, stop beating yourself up from morning to midnight with a big stick. And you have, uh, you have moved into from ego to soul. So you're not like so preoccupied with judging yourself and others all the time. You're not so preoccupied with evaluating is this good, bad. Um, you are open and, uh, and uh, trusting instead of being skeptical and on guard. You don't, you're not a, you're, you don't live a fear-based life where you like... Uh, afraid, worrying, constantly worrying about, God, what's going to happen with my money? What's going to happen with my health? What's going to happen with my marriage? What's going to happen with my child? What's going to happen with the world? No, you trust. You trust that there's like a pilot. Yeah, Yeah, you trust that. You trust that. uh, You trust your heart. You trust your soul. You you trust uh, trust in in the universe and uh, in in the highest good of all. Mm-hmm. And so you can rest more in that. And that becomes, you don't have to spend so much energy in fear. Fear takes a lot of energy. It actually pulls you down a lot. But when you, when you, when you let go of that fear and, uh, and, and be open and dare surrendering to your soul, soul wisdom, your soul, uh, soul purpose and soul wisdom, then, then it's like, then you're, and you're led, guided you know, to your intuition and um, so many miracles become available that are not available when you're still filling your head. You know, it's like, it's like if you fill your hard disk with worry and fear and speculations, and there's no room for intuition and for miracles. Exactly, exactly. And... I, I want you to talk about letting go of people and things and even jobs and yeah, the letting go part, because when you lost your child, another thing happened, which was it showed up very um, clearly to you what was love and what was unkind and in a situation like the darkest moments of the soul, we also realize what is false spirituality and who do we need to let go of to be kind of ourselves? Because some, so many times we take 
we let people stay in our lives and even comment on our profiles and judge us because we want to be so spiritual. We just got to accept. And, you know, uh, if, if we're doing our work, everything will be great and happiness and bliss. So can you give us some really hardcore advice on who do you need to flush out of your life right now? Because there's also a lot of negativity worldwide. There are people that I know I can't follow anymore if I want to stay in my good vibe. So please offer some advice on that, Kirsten. Yeah, I mean, I think the first place to, to go is to look at the relationship you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you judge yourself, you can be sure that there are other people who will judge you too. Because the, the outside world is often a mirror of how we treat ourselves so if you don't respect yourself you will probably also have people in your life who don't respect you if you don't love yourself you will have people in your life who don't love you if you judge yourself you will have people in your life who judge you so the first place to look is how you can amp up uh, and be kinder to yourself be a better mother to yourself mm -hmm. um, and really uh, really take good care of that inner child that inner innocent child the inner newborn be kind to that one. Mm -hmm. And when you um, start doing that, what I have found is that uh, I had to let go of some relationships, not many, but, but um, there were some people, you know, at the time where my son died, it was this uh, Jaron S.T. Hicks paradigm, the law of attraction, was very, very popular in my circles. And um, some people, almost adopted it as a religion, you know, the law of attraction. Although the law of attraction is actually only one out of many spiritual laws and it cannot be seen in isolation. So that's a little bit sweet that, you know, after that movie, The Secret came out, a lot of people thought that was the only um, spiritual law. And because people are so, they lack so much any kind of spirituality, you know, they just grabbed that one law and made it the law. So. I had a lot of people around me who were who were saying, not a lot of people, I had very, very few, but it was enough. Uh, I had very few people who said, well, clearly you can't manifest, you're not able to manifest, so we'll go and learn that somewhere else. And I know that I was um, spoken of as an example, you know, when people were teaching these courses, there's something you can't be, do, or have. Mm -hmm. They were seeing, yeah, see how bad it can go with somebody like Kirsten, who doesn't master, uh, you know, can't, who doesn't master this law, so her child died. You know, so the way I look at it today is like, this is an oversimplification that is, that is, um, that is uh, not, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so, so incorrect uh, because it, it doesn't take into account the much bigger, larger realms of things. Where things are not that simple. It's not that I don't, I don't think that, yeah, it's, it's just too simple, oversimplified and, and thus misleading. Mm -hmm. And I think that this law of attraction has actually made a lot of, not least mothers, feel guilty if something happened to their children. Because it was like, well, was it something I was thinking while I was pregnant? Was it something I ate? That, was I not positive enough? Was I not focused enough? I mean, was I too feel? I mean, you can just. You, know, you, you just bang yourself in the head for the rest of your life and you, you will actually never know. Actually, the one wise thing the doctor said to me during this, you know, when my son had cancer, they said, 
I said, why, 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 why did it happen? Why, you know, what did I do wrong? They said, stop focusing on finding the reason because you will never find a reason that you can know is the truth. That was smart. Yeah. Because then I could release that speculation because what would it help me anyway? Well, you know, okay, okay. So there's an obvious reason I could stop doing that, but I could go, I couldn't turn back the clock anytime anyway. So it would just give me more guilt. Mm. So I, I would say that what I learned from, from my, my, my son's death was that the, the, the human, humans tend to um, shrink things so they can understand it, but, but reality is much bigger and much more beautiful and much more benevolent than you can imagine. And I have had visions of my son where I have seen, I mean, where I've seen that, I, have, I feel I have met him in a different, different dimension, so I, I don't believe in death anymore. Yeah, I don't believe that there is a death. I believe that death is just like you take off your coat and then you're in another dimension, but you don't die. Absolutely not at all. So it has taken completely evaporated my, my fear of death. I'm not afraid at all. It's going to be a part of me to see him again and I'm going to be in the yeah. same dimension. Um, so I, I, and I don't believe that there's anything, you can't really do anything wrong. Everything is learning. Mm. Earth school, we're here to learn. Important. So, yeah, so not, let's not make ourselves so wrong. Let's just be open to what, what are we learning here? Let's be curious. I'm taking oh. notes. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's be curious and, and see, wow, what, what, is, what is this? Uh, what, what is, what is uh, opening up here? Just like, you know, I've also had children with special needs and, and I've learned so much from... From, from that situation, you know, letting go of my constricted beliefs about how things were supposed to be, this old-fashioned paradigm from the 50s that a proper family is mom and dad and kids who behave and who always have iron clothes. Mm-hmm. Hello, that's not reality. Mm-hmm. Reality is much more messy, but also a lot more chaotic and beautiful. <laughs> yeah. and, and fun and, and spontaneous and full of dirt and... And yeah. all, you know, and and, and, and and yeah, so so much more, so so much more than that that little postcard picture that nobody lives anyway. You know, hello. Beautiful. That is yeah. so beautiful. Bef- before we wrap this up, Kirsten, this beautiful, beautiful conversation, which is so valuable it already. I I'm, I have a whole book of notes already (laughs) i want to ask you on behalf of the mothers who have damaged children because of what's happened in a doctor's office what what is the most important message you have for those children because you had that experience i just want to i want to make sure that we address this again because it can turn into almost like an obsession and it can ruin your life. So what is your message for those parents who have lost the child they used to have um, to autism because of what happened to authorities that they trusted? I would say, um, first of all, be open to that this is not a loss, but a gain. So look for what what did you gain? From a soul's perspective, we're here with a particular curriculum. So you gained 
something that was on your soul curriculum that you had to learn or you know had 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 you know that you chose i i believe that you you chose this on a soul level to learn so look for what what did you gain and many of us become a lot more humble a lot more open a lot more loving um, unless we choose to resist reality what you resist persists so if you resist it you're going to suffer so if you want to remain in suffering you can keep resisting or you can choose to surrender to reality because as Brian Katie says reality wins but only always so <laughs> You, you, so you can choose to open up to uh, surrender to reality and accept, okay, okay, this is, this is what's so. And then look for the light. Look for the love and light. And look for what you gained and look for what came out of this and keep surrendering and life will show you all the beauty. Because mm -hmm. your child will, I am sure that your child will also respond to the energy you send out. So if you send out, keep sending out, Energy. there's something wrong, this shouldn't be like that, my child shouldn't be like that, I should have had a different life, I should have had a different family. That is something, it's like, it's like you put out, you could almost say like energy, an energy field that creates the opposite of what you actually desire. Mm. What you want is to live in bliss and you want to live in harmony and you want to live in peace and you want to live in inner peace and outer peace. So send that out, send, send love to your child, send gratitude for what your child is teaching you, send gratitude for, for, uh, for, for you being able to cope with this. I mean, you can sort of turn the energy around and the first step is acceptance. I mean, when you get to acceptance, so you have, you know, there's all these um, curves that are very, very, uh, they, they flourish on the internet right now. Is this uh, Kubler-Ross curve of, have you seen these curves where they go through these five stages of grief? So the first stage is denial, yes. and then there's, you know, you try to fight it and so on. And then there's a certain point you get to acceptance. And, you know, go through all the other phases because we all do that. But then there's a certain point, I mean, don't forget to come to the to the acceptance phase. Yeah. Because where you get, that's where you can open up. And the faster you get there, the more you will gain, the faster. Mm -hmm. So some people sit in, in 20 years in denial and yeah. fight reality. Yeah. Don't waste your time because you have to get to acceptance anyway at some point, if not nothing else on your deathbed, and then you realize how much time you wasted. Yeah. So the faster you can, you know, it's not that we have to, to um, cross out the other phases, but, but please don't stay stuck in any of the phases. Mm -hmm. The faster you can come to acceptance and opening up to, well, this is, how, this is what so. Let me see what, let me be curious. What am I gaining? What, am I, what is my child gaining? What is my child teaching me? And I actually did that with my son when he uh, had uh, you know, special needs. And I have a different boy. I also have a different boy for, because of your genius, amazing, extraordinary Zing program that I adore and recommend to anybody. Everybody needs to take that. If you have special needs, obligatoire. I mean, you just have to do that. <laughs> no, but you have to because it's genius and it's, you know, Winford, who developed it, is, is one of the biggest heroes on the planet. He really deserves a Nobel Prize. I really adore him for what he did there. It's, it's extraordinary. Yeah, it's helped your child a lot. And it's my, my child, yeah. It's helped my child so much, beyond belief. And your work and your attitude and your pioneering tools have also helped me tremendously. So, you know, it all goes together. There's not one thing that is, that is, that is the, the one remedy. But... But I believe that love is probably the biggest cure. 
So if you can just love your child exactly as it is, watch and see what happens with that because it's actually what we know now is that it's actually an energy field that you bathe your child in. Yes. And the cells react to the, the energy field you put in there. So if you bathe your child every day in an energy field of negativity and fear and wrong making, you're going to get one result. And if you bathe your child in love, gratitude, acceptance, peace, harmony, you're going to get a different result. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see all these experiments that they did with rice, right? When they Dr. Emotus rice. And, and many people repeat these experiences right now and say, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to see that living creatures, your cells react to the energy we give to them, to the consciousness. So I would say it's very important for us to bathe our, child, our children in love, and bathe ourselves and our children and our family and the surrounding world in love and gratitude and, and looking for the light and the love all the time. Have that be your focus is the most important investment you can make. Because that will keep sending out uh, an energy field that is benevolent and that will open and it's like that's what makes that's what makes it's nourishment that makes everything flourish. Mm-hmm. So why don't we make everything flourish? Why don't we cultivate uh, a world that blooms, that blossoms? I love you so much, Kirsten. Thank you so much for these golden words. I just know how this will heal the mothers who are listening to this podcast. And this is, uh, I often go, when, I, when there's a podcast I really love, I listen to it again. So I really encourage anyone who's been moved by this story. I'm moved again. I've, I've heard this story and I've talked to you so many, 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 many times. Listen to it again because you will listen from a different level of consciousness every time you listen. You go deeper every time you listen to this episode. If you have a child that has autism, if you've lost the child you you thought you were going to have, or if you've experienced any form of grief in your life. So Kirsten, where can people find you to read more? You even wrote a book with your son about losing uh, so it was called how to how to have an invisible brother has have they been translated to english and where else can people find you and connect with you online they can also they can always find me at my name but i have created a little um uh, i've created a free series called the crisis window.com and that's where i actually have assembled uh, I have a webinar there and I have um, assembled some of the best um, ingredients for going up instead of down. And now it's very focused, of course, on the Corona crisis. So I've also interviewed experts on how we can use this as, a, as an access to an upgrade. But I think this is a good place to go right now because there's um, stuff to, uh, to receive there and to be inspired from. You know, I'm the first chapter of my book, The Future is Feminine, which I think is very encouraging news for mothers. Because while you have been uh, working with you know, all these challenges, the world is moving in your direction. So time is on our side as, as women now. The world, the future is getting more feminine. And if we get more feminine, we will accelerate that. We will, make the, we will, create, we will create a much more balanced world much faster. So just allow yourself to flow with your feminine and open up to the feminine side of you. And you will be contributing to a world that's much more balanced and where there's much more room for you 
as an authentic woman in alignment with her feminine essence, and there's much more room for your beautiful child, who's probably also here to show you something about the value of the feminine and, and doing it in such an effective way that you have to stop and listen. So that's the gift of your special child that he or she forces you to stop. No, 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 mother. Business as usual won't work here. So don't resist that business as usual is gone, but open up to, okay, so what's, what is the new norm? And, and, and co-create that with your child and everybody will be much happier. That is the best words in the history of this podcast. Thank you for delivering those. I could not agree more. Everyone go and check out the crisiswindow.com and I'm sure we'll have Kirsten back on the, on the podcast again. But for now, thank you for your wisdom and thank you for offering light in dark times always for me and for the world and for, for women all over the world. Thank, thank you. you so much, Nick, for having me. You're such... What's so extraordinary about you is that you see the light in everyone around you and you've seen it in me so many times, also when I couldn't see it myself. So you are a blessing to the world. And I, I cannot honor you now for creating a community like this because this, you know, we all need to, to find role models, pioneers, people who've gone before us. And that is what, you know, will carry us through. So also I really encourage the, the, the listeners to spread Minka's podcast because there are mothers out there who just know it yet and don't know that there's a tribe that they can join. So please help them find out there is a tribe that they don't have to do this alone. Thank you, Kirsten. Thank you so much. And for your time here. Of course. You too. Yeah.